has a match tonight against the champion, Jeff Hardy. I thought that the champ was first in line. Jeff Hardy is the champ. The networks, they want to see a match between the champ, Jeff Hardy, and RVD because they think it's going to deliver ratings. I can't give you a rematch tonight, but I damn sure could put you in the main event. You tell the network. You tell yourself. You tell everybody that this asshole is going to have his rematch one way or time. Mr. Anderson just laid out RVD. Once an asshole, always an asshole. I'm starting to question you, Rick, and I don't like that feeling. We're all one happy family, and I'll bring the family together or I'll separate. And nobody else tells me what the hell to do, what to do it, how to do it, or where to do it. Flair cheering on AJ, says head on up to the top. And here comes Fortune. They call Ric Flair the dirtiest player in the game. He lived up to his moniker. Ric wow. Flair? Aligned with a mortal? This is about you and me, Rick. That's what this is about. You want me? Come get some. Impact next week. You and me. This is the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast with your host, the professor, Chao Bello Veracruz. Mr. Wonderful, Tommy Wonder. And I will take the powers of those that have no fear. And the prodigal one, JB. The queen, yeah. The queen of the crop. Now it's time to go back in time in the time machine. says I just whipped your ass. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Woo! Look at this. What is going on there to the big Vitoites? And while my partner in crime is doing lip syncing because he's saying what I'm saying verbatim, word for word, you know, look at his screen. Don't look at my screen. So sometimes my screen is frozen. So I can be like this. So please keep doing the lip syncing for me. But anyway, big Vitoites, the PWCites, the Haminites, the Israelites, the Irites, the Lowlights, everyites. What is going on? It's been, you know, we, we took a little hiatus. It was okay because, you know what? I give my partner in crime his much-needed vacation. Sometimes he needs to take a little bit of a brain freeze, a brain fart freeze, from doing these nostalgic episodes, from doing these episodic episodes, from doing the spotlights, from doing the movies, from doing the robberies. I give him that luxury because that's how great of a boss I am here at the PWR Podcast here at the PWSL Networks at Podbean.com. And with that being said, I like to introduce myself because I'm so vain like that. So, you know, if I freeze, 
Get ready to lip sync, okay, TW? So I am the magnanimous one. I am the scholarly one. I'm also the stupendous one. But most, most importantly, I am the glorious one. The only objective Manny Dab, IWC, YWC, Punditry, the Professor Chabba Cruz, welcoming you to the PWR Podcast, welcoming you to another episodic episode here on the Pro Wrestling Reflection. But before we talk about this particular episodic episode, let me introduce my partner in crime, the man who's butt naked underneath that towel, but I don't want to see it. Maybe you Lady Reflectionites wants to see it, but neither here nor there. He is the conservative liberal, the liberal conservative, Mr. Dum Dum doing an idiot, Mr. Iron Stomach one, Mr. Frank Frankenstein himself, your friend and mine, D.W. Tommy Wonder, how are you doing? It's been a while, but you know what? Like I said, I gave you a week off, so you know, you deserve it. Sometimes I give you applause because your attendance has been uh, par excellence. <laughs> um, a lot has changed in the two weeks since we've done this. And so you're ready for the big reveal? What's the big reveal? The only thing more shocking, you would know once you see what this is, the only thing more shocking would be the shirt of a different wrestler. But you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, you went to WWE shop? <laughs> no. I went to Monday Night Raw, and I bought it, and this shirt was only available at the LCA or the shop for one day. Oh, and- cool. Today, they said it sold out when it when my, it was in my second attempt at going to find this. Mm-hmm. You've got the Cody Rhodes AEW All Elite figure, Walmart exclusive, the red one. Mm. So, two weeks ago, I didn't give a shit about Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I, he's second only to CM Punk for the person I've buried the most in the last three years, but. He's no longer what I hated him for, which was the man who bit the hand that fed him, and he came home. And I'm going to end up, before it's over with, with a Kevin Owens and a Sami Zayn shirt. I just know it. The three guys I hated the most before CM Punk came back, I'm going to have all the. I almost bought the Kevin Owens shirt because I do. I've always been a fan of his gimmick where he takes whatever WrestleMania it is for him, and he takes yeah, the K-O-Mania. shirt. And then he puts his picture and whoever he's fighting. So this recent one was Warrior Hogan, WrestleMania 6, and he put him and Austin on it. But mm-hmm. when I looked at it up close, I didn't like it. So I didn't, I didn't have it at Raw. Um, I looked at it online. But uh, the Cody Rhodes shirt that they had at the arena is just the logo on his neck. And mm-hmm. it looks like light bright. And I didn't right. like it. And this one, no, 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 I'm sorry. Opposite. I didn't like this one. I wanted the one that looked like the the logo until I saw that it looked like light bright. And I was like, eh, I don't like that. And the back of this one has the logo on it, too. Mm -hmm. So the more I thought about it, and then they put a thing on the screen saying it's only only available here. Limited edition for the the raw crowd. Yeah, I got you. And then you could could buy the eventshop.com, not wweshop.com. And supposedly that was it. And all my friends like this one better, so I went and waited in line and I bought it. Cool. I mean, you could have bought a couple, the... caught some, caught some fans. Uh, I don't know if you ever see the guy on Twitter or Facebook somewhere. He said it. He says, whenever a fan wears a belt to a wrestling show, he should have to defend it. And so I kept walking up to people and saying to my friends, I go, make them defend it. 
Make them defend it. <laughs> I saw two kids wearing tag team belts, the the, the smack or the raw championship belts. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I I I like Cody had to say. Not not I didn't see his promo from the raw after WrestleMania. It's funny that I've been to the raw after the raw after WrestleMania, but I still haven't watched the raw after WrestleMania. But I, I like it, what he said. I like everything that's coming out of him. Um, I think it's genuine. I watched that where they held them before uh, letting them come out. So I don't know if you told everybody what we're covering today, but now I want to go back because I'm a subscriber to the company that we're covering today, and I mm-hmm. want to watch the stuff that he did there. And then In 2017? Yeah. Or 2018, I forget. Yeah. Well, to let the cat out the bag for all the Reflectionites, I'm going to get back to your statements here about the Cody Rhodes uh, revelation. But anyway, neither here nor there. But He brought that belt back. Yes, he did. But we're not talking about Cody Rhodes Reflection Nights. We are talking about Impact Wrestling, TNA Wrestling, whatever you want to call it, from February 2011. That is 11 years ago. It's still throwback, T-Bolts. It is always throwback. It's 10 years and above. Not not these people who say throwbacks are two years old. No, 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 no. It's not three years old. It's not even five years old. Those are flashbacks. Yeah, I'll give you that. That's a great word. That's a flashback. A throwback is 10 years and above. So this is 11 years. It follows that criteria. But before we get into that, TW, I have to ask you this question. You know, we still got to have to, we got to talk about 2020 deuce because of the Cody Rose revelation. You could have bought a Cody Rose shirt from AEW. It's the same logo, light bright stuff. Is it the brand? Is it the, is it the organization? It's still a good shirt. It's because he went home. And he made up for all the shit. You know when I started hating him? When? The sledgehammer. Oh, come on, man. It's wrestling. It's part of the showmanship. It's carny stuff. I agree. But here's the problem. I've said it all along. I will say it until they stop doing it. When AEW or whoever the the, the new kid du jour is, Mm-hmm. When they stop bashing the WWE and just put on a show that you say, hey, come watch this wrestle. We'll, we'll make a fan out of you. When they start doing that, I won't have the the grievances with them that I have otherwise. That's why I don't like CM Punk. Mm-hmm. It's why I don't like the Bucks of old. I don't, I don't, it's why I like Kenny Omega because he's never had a bad thing to say. He literally almost went there, turned him down, could have embarrassed them by saying, ha, 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 you fool. But he didn't. He he was grateful for the opportunity. He's smart enough to know he still might end up there one day. So the dude's not setting fire to bridges that he hasn't even crossed yet. And so, to me, Cody Rhodes was on a three-year fire, burning shit up. And he came back, and, and I appreciate it. And it makes me feel like you have your standards. it was just I, business. I, I... I'm not questioning your standards. You have your standards and parameters of what you like in this business that we call professional wrestling. I respect that reflection. You got to respect that, too. But, of course, I always have to, you know, pick at TW for that because neither here nor there. Oh, well, again, you got the AEW I've stuff. had this far longer when he was in AEW, and I got this one because it just came out. But I've been looking for this one for months. You know what these are, right? The... Wrestling elite figures. What, what about it? No, 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 no. Oh, you mean like what What company? No. So this is their figure. Mm-hmm. That, that looks just like the WWE ones. 
Right. You don't recognize that packaging? No. I'm not into... I don't collect the, the figures. Okay. So this comes with that card. Mm-hmm. And that poster. Well, that's old. It looks like the old school logos from the 80s of the WWF stuff. Yeah. It's like the LJNs. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And they're just called wrestling superstars. But they did it. Mm-hmm. Much like the WWE did it when they first started. I don't know. Maybe it was Jax. They made a Shawn Michaels, a Ric Flair, a Austin. Um, and maybe a Razor. Not like that, no. Oh. But well, I, I apologize, uh, Reflectionites on the Pobbing, who are not seeing this. TW is showing his Cody Rhodes All Elite figures and showing the, you know, the comparisons to WWF stuff from the 80s with the Wrestling Superstars editions. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see the Bucks. The Bucks are old. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking to the pod bean people, man. It's a, it's Omega and Hangman Page when they With win the, the tag championship. Belt. These are the two guys that I have liked all along from mm-hmm. from Impact. Or I'm sorry, AEW. There's your girl. Mm-hmm. I don't like her. See, again, he's got standards, Reflection Nights. He's got standards and parameters. But neither here nor there. I get you. I get you. You do collect. You, you are... You're very free-flowing with your collections. It doesn't matter what company. But before, you have- we go, before we get to our show, I just want to end this for all. I want AEW to be around forever. I want them to succeed. But unlike those fucking retarded people on the Internet, I also want the WWE to be around forever and succeed as well. I don't want, you know, it's. I just, I just read it yesterday. I, I wish, I know I don't because I would run out of time in a day. But I... If I could just, oh, like, let's just say Professor tweets, I hope the WWE goes out of business. And then 24 hours when someone says that about AEW, Professor says, oh, so you're going to root for a whole company to go out of business and all those people be out of a job? Because that's what they do. They I, would be a hypocr- I would be a hypocrite to say, right. to tweet it and then respond back. Most, most of those clowns that are on the Internet either defending AEW or burying WWE to try to make AEW look better. Mm-hmm. They wish the WWE failure and oblivion. But if you say it about AEW, you're an asshole because you're wishing a company go out of business and cost people jobs. It's it's every day, Professor. And yeah, I'm going to start know. keeping track of these J-Brones. And you by the way, the I don't, That's all I don't think it's all AEW fans. I, I'm not talking about AEW fans. I'm talking about the fucking clowns on Twitter and Facebook, it's who the all they do. It's the oh, bots. <laughs> no, the bots are the ones that hate AEW. The ones mm-hmm. that love it clearly aren't bots. No, those are legit lovebirds of the AEW Tony Khan's book. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is these clowns will say the most vile shit about a WWE guy. It doesn't have to be Vince. It could be anybody in the WWE. But if the second they go to AEW, oh, I love that guy all along. And Cody is proof. Because mm-hmm. all the people that loved Cody for three years are now wishing ill upon him, calling him a sellout, and he's going to be a. Or they never liked him, or he, he's he was um, always a mid card. Even boring. He's mid dimensional or one dimensional. <clears throat> that dude, if you look back on his time in AEW, yes, he was a three time TNT champion. Was he the first? I think he was the first. Mm-hmm. Okay, he he did that. But the only reason he's a three-time is because he got COVID and had to lose it, win it back so he could put Guerrero, Guerrero, whatever the fuck, Sammy. We'll just call him Sammy. 
That dude spent most of his time in AEW building other people. Look how Aleister Black debuted. Didn't he beat Cody in like four seconds? Kicked him in the face on live TV and beat him in four seconds. I don't think he ever got the win back unless it was some gimmick Shabazz match. He did. But he lost twice to him before he got that one win, right? It's the Cena it's the Cena thing. And but now where I, I, is where is Alistair Black now? Eh, again. He said that, he said if he's not at the We bottom, are nostalgic, T W. We're not bottom, talking about today. I know, I know. If he's not at the bottom of the AEW pool, <laughs> he's the one splashing around while they're hugging Samoa Joe. So it's it's the formula, it's the He's TNA got a life rap. He's got a life rap. <laughs> and it's come full circle to talk oh, to TNA. He, he's got a life rep. But it's funny how you're saying all your stick here, which I'm not going to even argue or debate about, but it's apropos that we go episodic here for the nostalgic of Impact Wrestling from February 2011 because everything you said, every diatribe you said, was actually said in 2011 because there were TNA fans or Impact Wrestling fans with Impact Wrestling Facebook groups, Impact Wrestling Twitter groups, Impact Wrestling social media justice warriors against WWE social media justice warriors too. So it comes full circle, TW. It's the same thing. I remember in 2011 with the Impact groups, you know, say how WWE sucks. We got the greatest, you know, X Division guys. We got, we do women's wrestling way better than WWE ever did. It seems I've heard this song and dance before, TW. So let's talk about it from that standpoint. I know you didn't watch Impact Wrestling in the 2010s. You probably saw an episode here or there. But it followed the same mantra because you look at it this way. Impact Wrestling attempted to, to do brand awareness. In 2010, because they got Hulk Hogan, they got Eric Bischoff, they got Ric Flair, they got RVD, they got Ken Anderson, Mr. Kennedy, whatever you want to call him. But I'm naming off names off the top of my head. They had Orlando Jordan. You see the pattern here, TW? A lot of former WWE guys. Kurt Angle, well, Kurt Angle was there for a couple of years, so I don't, I don't want to count him just yet. Well, but I don't understand. I, he got, but, got all of them. But at that blitz time. No, but at that blitz time, TW, from 2010, they were trying to att- they were attempting to go more mainstream. They were attempting to cross over. They were attempting to go against Monday Night Raw. They wanted to do TNA on Monday nights. It didn't work. It, they did it for three months, then they went back to Thursdays. So I want to give you that chronology to you and to the Reflection Nights here. But TW, everything you said about Cody Rhodes, everything you've said about AEW, I'm just saying right now, it's been said a decade ago. What say you about that? 100%. The the reason I didn't watch it, the second they went head-to-head on Monday Night Raw, I go, here we go again. Here we go again. Like, just now you're, now you're obviously DVRs have been around for a long time, but now you're forcing people to choose, right? Mm-hmm. And, and okay, I'm going to come back to three years ago. You could say that WWE did that by putting uh, NXT on Wednesday nights before AEW debuted on Wednesday nights. However, it was on Wednesday nights already on the damn uh, network. Network. So they really just aired it on TV instead of streaming it. And so it was already their night. So it's the catch-22. Is is the shot fired because AEW said they're going to be on Wednesday nights? Like they went for the small, you know, the runt of the litter, the NXT spot. And then... Mm -hmm. 
Oh, you are? Okay, then we're going to throw our shit on USA. Because I never watched NXT on Wednesday normally. I would watch it Thursday or Friday whenever I got around to it. But at the same time, it's it's they didn't AEW didn't come out and try to go against Raw yet. They didn't try to go and get SmackDown, kind of, but not yet. Um, they're smart and being on after SmackDown ends. So if there's some insatiable wrestling fan who wants to watch three hours of wrestling, they can watch SmackDown and then watch AEW. Um, mm-hmm. The second, I mean, and let's be honest, I, I, I like him a little more now than I did before. But Eric Bischoff is the king of all the people that tried to do away with my childhood saving grace the thing that kept me from ending up in jail like my older and younger brothers wrestling and it was wwe wrestling that did that it's what kept me off the streets it's what kept me busy it's what i used to channel all my energy from however old i was when i first started watching the, wwe is your soft spot so i right, guess you right. will never give another oh, organization that oh, kind of play no because i love the uwf the uwf is still my favorite so it's not but the my point is I would have never even watched UWF if I hadn't already been a fan of WWF. I wouldn't have watched NWA. So what happened to those days where you start watching from this and then you branch off the tape trading days? Those those people weren't burying WWE. They were just happy to watch more wrestling by getting VHS tapes in the mail from New Japan. And that well, led to getting Ring I, I got to disagree stuff. that there were oh, NWA sure Southern there was, fans. There were oh, WWF oh, Northeast but, fans. But they again, didn't like each other. Right. It just wasn't visible. It wasn't visible. It wasn't visible that people knew about this kind of war with the fans. So you you and I, you and I are the same in this. The second we got cable, one of the highlights for us wasn't watching movies with titties in them. It was, but that wasn't the main. It was, holy shit, I can watch NWA. I can watch Mm. Global. I can watch ESPN at 4 o'clock every day after school. Yeah. To watch a lot of wrestling. Or GWF. We were happy to get more wrestling. These fucking people today, they just want theirs and theirs alone. And, mm-hmm. and that's why, you know, anybody who listens to our show, they've never really come at me about AEW criticism. Because if they did, they know the first thing I'm going to say to them is, okay, now do it when I rip on a WWE show. Because I do that too. I don't mm-hmm. just rip on one or the other. I just explain what AEW does on a regular basis. I Matter of fact, taking it back to last night's Raw. Cody Rhodes was this close to calling Miz a piece of shit and stopped himself. There's no doubt in my mind that was on purpose for the people that watch AEW and do shots every time they say shit, ass, or sh- mm-hmm. or asshole, right? It was funny to me because I got it. Like, he was basically teasing the difference between the two, and then they did the whole superstar. He did, he did, a, he did a rib on AEW the way they just go off the cuff right. with the promos and just, and just right. say, I get, I get you. I right. totally get you. And it's the same thing here with Impact Wrestling. Again, the tribalism is was always there, is still always there, because those Impact Wrestling fans, Reflectionites, morphed over to Ring of Honor in the mid-2010s, then morphed over to AEW. So all it is, it's the same people. You know who you are, probably in the Magnificent 7 TW, the Elite 8, the 99, the Terrific 10. The essential I, eleven. No, no. Two, I think, two or three. I think I think our elite eight, twelve, twelve, naughty nineteen, seventeen. I think they're more like you and I because we do shows about impact. We do AWA world class, WWE, NWA, UWF, Glow. We do it all, and they and, and the same twelve people listen to it, right? Because mm-hmm. they fucking love wrestling. Of they don't they do. love. 
this wrestling and hate that wrestling because no, no, I never said they did, but they no, transferred no, 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 no. over to seeing a lot of oh, other stuff too. No, no, right, and and shit. If I didn't watch Impact too, how I had friends there, of course. Plus, at that point, I had aspirations that maybe I would be there because mm-hmm. people I knew were there. But I was winding down. But my point is, once Bischoff got there, once. Russo got once all these people got there and their their objective wasn't to put on a good wrestling show. It was to get rid of Vince McMahon. Uh, we've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. And now I want to say this. Mm-hmm. WCW went out of business in 2001, I think it was. I was not happy about it. I was sad. I was not gleeful. And I think mm-hmm. there's still people who were WCW fans who weren't WWF fans, the Northern Southern divide. Who are right. still mad about it. And I think some of those fans are the people who fuck WWE. I love AEW. But not all of them. Because A, these AEW marks are young. And two, they're from New York, Chicago, Philly. They ain't from down south. The ones down south probably are just done with wrestling. They're just watching, they're just watching Ricky Morton still go. Let me ask you this question. Because we're going to talk about this impact wrestling from February of 2011. Now, again, Hogan and Bischoff came. Dixie Carter, who owns Impact Wrestling at this time, Reflection Nights, along because of her father and Panda Energy. We don't have to get into the logistics, DW. But she made the calculated business decision to get Hulk Hogan for the sole purpose of expansion, the sole purpose of brand awareness. Now, judging by this episode, and you don't have to go into everything. that We'll, we'll go into it a little bit here and there. But TW, they called Impact Wrestling, at least from that era of 2011, 2012, maybe even 2010, from what they were doing, WWE light. So what did, do you agree with that assessment, or did you see it differently? Because, again, you watched WWE Raw for many years. You've seen SmackDown for many years. So when you see Impact Wrestling, because Impact Wrestling in the maybe mid-2000s, 2006, 2007 was basically wrestling. It was like Ring of Honor. It was re- it was hardcore wrestling. I would I want I wouldn't go steering. One exception. N- Let me just say what I'm going to say, and then you can yep. retort. They weren't going straight into the NWA Southern Wrestling storyline stuff, but they were trying. I'm saying trying to make a little attempt of competition. Two men or two women going after the belts and all that stuff. But then when you got Vince Russo in the in the doing the chefing, if you will, you know, putting a little stirring the pot, if you will. That's what I wanted to say. And then adding a little hokey shit here, adding a little hokey entertainment stuff here. And again, we get into 2011 with this particular episode. Certain segments is Russo-esque in trying to entertain and trying to be a little risque and all this stuff. What say you, TW? I know you wanted to retort back. I, I would say 100%. WWE light in this regard. They just went back to regular wrestling. The one exception of that mid-90 or mid-2000 stuff is that fucking stupid ring. So as long as they had that ring, they weren't any kind of wrestling. They were their own, you know, wrestling Entity. on a light bright board. And I hated it. I hated that ring. I hated Sting doing the Stinger Splash in it. It was so awkward and so cumbersome that I hated it. And so whenever somebody like Sting or somebody went in there and got in there, I just, in my mind, I thought, I bet you they hate every second of being in that ring. And a lot of them have done interviews, Hogan included, were like, fuck that ring. <laughs> like, they, 
it's weird, right? You got guys mm-hmm. been doing it for 30 years. You're bringing them in for the experience, but then they're green because they got to figure out how to wrestle in an octagon, you know, or whatever. Well, it was six sided. It was a six sided hexagon ring. Yeah, hexagon. And so when when Bischoff and Hogan got there before they announced they were going to Monday, I, I think they announced they were getting rid of the six sided ring and going. So I was like, all right, now we're getting there. So, but this is what I want to say. I, I love that you said it the way you said it, like WWE light, because. I find, especially the way we do our show when we're watching old stuff, that sometimes I'm seeing it for the first time. At the end of the day, when we're watching shit from history, guess what it is to us? It's just wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's We're not watching this Impact 2011 episode right after watching Monday Night Raw the day before. We're watching it today. And we're watching, you might have been a refresher for you. For me, it was my first time seeing it. Um, and I always get confused with the storylines. This, I think, was way before Aces and Eights. But yeah. it's D- it's Devon and, and Bubba Ray feuding. It's right after they broke up because Bubba turned on them. So I think the Aces and Eights led to them reuniting because Devon ended up being the leader or whatever. I, 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 I get to, this ain't Aces and Eights, but I'll, I'll but get no, no, to but that I'm saying, thing. I'm saying there's so much impact wrestling that was good. And, and, and I didn't give it a fair shake back then because of politics because of tribalism because of whatever but just like every episode of raw isn't shit every episode of raw isn't great either and the same thing for impact there were episodes i liked there were episodes i didn't like especially us reviewing them we've made fun of some of them and others i was like dude that was a good one and including with that dumb ring you know when you watch all those young guys when when it's aj and daniels and sabin and uh, Lethal, yep. and all those guys, Skipper Helix, is that was Skipper Felix, whatever the hell Skipper's name was. Helix Skipper, that was back Helix then. Skipper, <laughs> wasn't even close, and Sanjay Dutt. When you watch all those guys, you know, doing their thing in that six-sided ring, it was like, uh, this is why I'll give them credit. They absolutely embraced that ring and made it theirs. So it's like when we talk about godfathers of the six-sided ring, it's those guys because mm-hmm. they made it interesting. But then you had somebody like Hogan come out and wrestle – Nash, and you're like, what the fuck? Because they ain't using that ring the way. So it's almost like they should have had two rings, and the X division should have been in the hexagon. It would have sucked for logistics for building two rings, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't be the first time to be two rings set up at a show. But you had the X division in that ring, and you had the regular. That would have made it cool. That would have made it like Nitro, where the, the Luchadors wrestled in the first hour, and then the NWO was the second two hours. But that would have that would have pigeonholed those X division guys from making it to the next level because then they would have been no, the because the, the, the they had their first match in that ring and they did well. They'd be like, oh, they're ready, they're elevated. You know, mm, they they advance. But or a guy would regress if he got in there and like get exposed. That, that's what I mean. I, I, I'm sure it wouldn't have worked. But I'm saying, yeah. in high, if you want to keep the ring. That's what you do. Or mm-hmm. or bring it back as a special one night like they do Hell in the Cell or TLC. But right. my point is, it's almost an insult to call it WWE light because for, because it, you're, you're either saying, A, they're copycats, or B, if you're a WWE hater, you're saying, eh, it's just like watching that garbage. So it's an insult. But for me, is it really an insult? But TWA, is it really an insult? Because I'm not saying WWE light as an insult. I'm saying WWE light that... Because everything you said about the hexagon, everything you said about the six-sided ring, like you said, it was their identity. It was their organization. So I know you, as a purist, as a traditionalist, you could say, you're a four-sided man. And like myself, I'm a four-sided man, too. And, you know, the only eclectic thing I would like would be, like, the Tower of Doom or the War Games with two rings or whatever the case right, may be. Right. I gave six-sided ring a chance 
for a different reason because of the identity. I thought it worked in my, I actually was pissed that Hogan and Bishop said that was the first edict on their new regime that we're getting rid of the six side. It, it's supposed to be wrestling. It's supposed to be this. And I was like, well, it's theirs. It, it's right. their identity. That that's yeah. The but way. you bring in Hogan to expand, and you got to do what Hogan wants to do. So yeah, that's the that's the thing. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Tw and well, hold on. I want to finish one last thing about the whole the WWE light, and mm -hmm. and I think this is the 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 larger difference between NWA and WWE. When the NWA fans called the WWE a circus, New York is a circus. WWE has always been character driven. Whereas NWA was always storyline driven. So what you're saying is they're trying to go with storylines no matter who the wrestler is versus the WWE did characters and then they had storylines. But the storyline wasn't necessarily the lure. Like, just think about when you're a kid. There was no, like, it's the only two black guys, right? But you never once confused Junkyard Dog with Coco Beware. They were two different larger-than-life dudes on your mm -hmm. TV, and you knew one from the other. You also didn't just, you didn't know, you didn't get confused to see Jake the Snake Roberts and Brutus the Barber Beefcake, two completely different dudes, right? Whereas now, if I watch AEW, if I watch, hell, NXT sometimes, or Ring of Honor for sure, or mid-2005, whenever Cody came out with Ted DiBiase and Randy Orton, all these guys are coming out. They all look the freaking same. So if you didn't watch it all the time, you would think somebody was somebody else. I said it before about NXT. I used to get who's he said he's in my Mount Rushmore current wrestlers. I used to confuse Johnny Gargano and Roddy Strong. I didn't know which one was which because they were the same. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Until I watched it enough to go, okay, Gargano is the total package. Roddy's just a good wrestler. He's not the best at talking, but Gargano has it all. You you really have to follow wrestling to like you know. I get what you're saying. I'm not Decipher. even disagreeing with it. You have to follow every organization, every you know social media platform to follow these wrestlers who are under six foot five, who are under two hundred pounds. There's about a hundred and fifty, two hundred wrestlers who are under six foot five and under two hundred pounds. And so there's of no in AEW. Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the truth. Reflectionites, it's an ugly truth. There's no separation. There's no variation like it was back in the '80s. Even NWA, even storyline driven as, as TW has said, there was variations. The Four Horsemen was a variation from the Rock and Roll Express. It didn't mean they were big and dudes. And the Express was, were different from the Rock and Roll Express. Right. There was so there was different variations of the even the same person but, because of the character, like you, you said. If you saw the Mulkies or Buzz Sawyer or Kevin Sullivan, just you had dudes that wore knee pads and dudes that didn't. There were a lot of dudes that looked the same, especially mm -hmm. to job guys. Whereas right. it's no surprise that the Rock and Roll Express were probably the most, especially Ricky the most popular guys in the promotion because they had a larger than life look, even though they were fucking not larger than life, they mm -hmm. still looked like stars. Their presence, exactly. their presence. Yeah. It was that character. But now with impact wrestling TW, we talked about aces and eights. This was not an aces and eights driven right, episode right. in this particular time. As we were acolytes. No, Jesus Christ. The, the immortals is acolytes. The, buddy. The, well, the immortals are doing a hostile takeover, if you will, of Impact Wrestling. Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff has stolen controlling interests of Impact Wrestling from Dixie Carter herself. And that was the storyline from 
October of 2010 to at least right now, TW. So I'm just trying to give you that, you know, the chronology that's going on here. Immortal is trying to take over Impact Wrestling. You know, dark days are ahead for Impact Wrestling. Who is going to carry the mantle for Impact Wrestling? Doesn't it sound familiar like WCW and NWR? But again, neither here nor there. I'm not even critiquing that. But within the ring, TW, there is a man. And I want to talk about this man right now. He is one of the biggest assholes of Impact Wrestling of 2011. And his name is Mr. Wait for it, Reflection Knights. Wait for it. Anderson. Anderson. But anyway, TW, he is one of the biggest assholes in Impact Wrestling. And he was trying to fight off immortal but also he had another agenda in his own right he had a selfish agenda he wanted to become the tna impact wrestling world heavyweight champion so i'm not but i want to focus on mr anderson for a second tw you know when you look at mr anderson and you remember him as you know mr kennedy from wwe in 2007 2008 and 2009 he was mid-card at best he was a money in the bank winner and I think Vince McMahon saw he the, the first one to lose. He didn't he lose. No, no. He 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 won it, but then he, he either he was injured, and they storylined him out of that uh, that briefcase for some strange reason. But it was injury. It was an injury. It wasn't a loss. He wasn't the first to lose it, uh, a, a cash in. But anyway, but TW, I think WWE and Vince McMahon and Johnny Ace or whoever the case may be had aspirations of Ken Anderson in the let's say the ruthless aggression version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He had that kind of, he had that presence of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He had the moxie of Stone Cold Steve Austin, but because it was the ruthless aggression, because WWE was a publicly traded company, he couldn't go to, you know, like he couldn't do Stone Cold Steve Austin, if you will. He couldn't say ass. He couldn't say, you know, he couldn't flip the fans off with the bird and all that stuff. He had to be a ruthless aggression tamed Mr. Kennedy. Now, I don't know about the politics. I know he had some run-ins with Randy Orton, if I'm not mistaken, Reflectionites, but people can correct me. And Cena. And Cena. And he was fired from WWE. And, of course, it would be – Dixie Carter would have been would have been off her, knock, off her knockers if she did not even attempt to sign him. It was a great coup. But, again, we talked about this. Was he a needle mover for Impact Wrestling? No, it was maybe a little blip, if at best. But it's not the same as, you know, Keith, you know, again, it's funny right now, Reflection Nights, you had RVD, you had Ken Anderson, you had Kurt Angle. These are supposed to be needle movers. You know, Impact Wrestling Facebook's uh, social groups, TW, oh, my God, we got Kurt Angle and TNA. It's a game changer. Jeff Hardy. Ken- Jeff Hardy's a game changer. Ken Anderson's a game changer. But anyway, let's stick with Ken Anderson. Again, Dixie Carter, you know, she had to sign him. I'm not even blaming that. But what say you about Ken Anderson? You know, the asshole himself. He wanted to be Stone Cold so bad. He got an opportunity in TNA, at least for the first year. What what does Roddy Strong have to do with Ken Anderson? I just talked about him. I talked about him, so I wanted to read him. Okay. Either way. But anyway, Ken Anderson is in TNA. 
I guess when I was watching this in 2011, TW, I was expecting Kane Anderson, not only because he was going to become the heavyweight champion, but of course that, that formula, a former WWE guy comes in, he gets into the main event, he fights for the world title, he sometimes wins, he sometimes loses, neither here nor there. But I expected him to always be at that main event level. And it was funny enough because after every year, he kind of went down. I, I was kind of surprised. But what say you about Ken Anderson? Was he a victim of his own yes. of his own doing? What say you? He was. So I, I, I'm just speculating. I don't know anything to the contrary. I'm speculating I do know too. He wasn't fired because he was a hard guy to work with. Not It was not like that. And I think that's why I think when he got fired, his was like hurt feelings because he's like, what the fuck? I do everything you asked me to do. Like reliable, as the Viz was called. He's reliable. Mm -hmm. But the problem was he kept hurting people. And he hurt Orton. And he hurt Cena. And mm -hmm. so current product AEW, why is Joey Janetta no longer with AEW? Because he fucked up Eddie Kingston and, uh, what do you call it, postponed his program with Jericho because he was hurt by Joey Janela who a lot of people say hurts a lot of people. That was what his uh, reputation was. So, yeah, to sign him, you could just say, all right, we're just going to teach him how to not hurt people. We're going to take time with him. But he had mm -hmm. already burned the bridge because the two guys you don't want to piss off at that point were Orton and Cena, who were clearly the future of the WWE and were the pillar, and are. The pillars. They yeah. were the current but pillars. Mean, of those were the guys going forward. And now look at them. One is – tied for the most world titles the other one's probably gonna break it when he finally stops being rk bro but that's what the problem was but what i think the problem from that point on was i think because he got fired and got swooped up by tna already he got an ego out of it and so mm -hmm. then he probably was also hard to work with also you can't tell me nothing you ain't i ain't hurting because i watched him you know because what we watched was hit him in a match but all those program vignettes showing what led up to everything, he's killing people with that move he did. Just killing them. The mic check? Just yeah, just bouncing their head off the damn mat. And I don't know if that was the move that he was hurting Cena and Orton with. I think I think he was also sandbagging. Like when Orton or Cena went to do a move to him, that's how Orton almost got hurt. He almost hurt his Again, back. Again, speculation, right. but we, we don't know. No, no, he, he did an interview. And, and it almost happened to Kofi. And I'm glad it didn't happen to Kofi. Kofi... Because I, I, that's why I hated Orton, because everyone saw that, where he just snapped on Kofi live on mm -hmm. TV, like, you stupid motherfucker, whatever. So I'm glad it didn't happen to Kofi, because Kofi went on to have a pretty historical moment and, and a pretty awesome career since then. But um, mm -hmm. but Ken, Ken Anderson, he's the kind of guy who's not nearly as bad as him, but he's very CM Punk. Whenever you hear him talk, it's everybody's fault but his. You know what I mean? There's no accountability. He never said, yeah, I fucked up a couple guys. His more was, fuck them guys. Why didn't they pull me aside? You know, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? So I think maybe if when he got released, if he wouldn't have got swooped up right away mm -hmm. and had to have been humbled, go to Impact and work his way up, maybe he doesn't have the ego. But because he went from being a small fish, fish in a big pond in the WWE, maybe had an Intercontinental or a U.S. title reign, I don't know. Um, tag I think U.S. I think U.S. Heidenreich or somebody, but he he went from that to being the world champion in Impact. So I think there's guys who went to Impact and had that my shit don't stink attitude because they were something in WWE and like fuck this place. I'm just here for the check 
and they treated it that way. I, I don't think anyone's going to argue that Kevin Nash did his best work in Impact Wrestling. Well, like you said, the, the checks cleared and Dixie did pay, you know, for limited dates. So, you know, I, I wouldn't, I don't fault Ken Anderson for that, but I think. The no, 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 no. He had to go there. Where else would he going to do? Be homeless? I'm no, saying he, go to he Japan. got an ego from it. He <laughs> got know. an ego from it is what I'm saying. But let, let me ask this question. In the in the hindsight 2020 TW, did you expect big things out of Ken Anderson, even from WWE days? Did you expect him to be on the level of Cena, on the, le- on the level of Orton? And even in TNA, did you expect him to be a pillar for TNA wrestling? Or For, for TNA, yes, because I already knew how it worked. They signed a WWE okay. guy, you win the title, you lose it, and next you know you're calling Rhino an alcoholic or, or James Storm, whatever the case. But in WWE, I actually, this is what I wanted to ask you because – Back then, maybe Ohio Valley Wrestling, uh, may, maybe Florida uh, Championship Wrestling. Um, Where Ken Anderson was? He was in Ohio Valley. Okay, that's what I say. Where did he come from? Because mm-hmm. I will say this, to, to quote Drew McIntyre in the, in the car commercial, the car insurance commercial, he came out with the rocket strap to him. And mm-hmm. originally he was Vince McMahon's son, and it ended up not being him. It was Hornswoggle. So Vince had his hands all over him, and he was going to be something. And then Randy Orton and John Cena, which full full scale, I understand why he was upset that he got his job taken away. I do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's a learning experience. You lost your job because two of the top guys were like, this fucking guy's going to kill somebody. Rather than focus on that, you focus on, fuck those guys. They, they held me back. They held me back, right? No, motherfucker. They stopped you from killing somebody or drawing them or whatever, you know? And so I'm stunned, to answer your question big picture, I'm stunned he never came back to the WWE. So whatever the hell he did, it's 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 Sean Stasiak worthy, you know, mm-hmm. or me. There's a stain in on Ken Anderson's reputation for him not to come he, back, at least to make an appearance. He never right, did. Like, like right. Not even a Royal Rumble, nothing. And that could be him. It could be him being stubborn. Maybe Dixie paid him enough money he didn't need to go back to WWE. I don't know. But for the Warrior to come back, for, for inevitably, I still think, Bret Hart, inevitably, I swear CM Punk will be in a WWE ring again, um, inducted into the Hall of Fame by Triple H. That's how, that's how certain I am that that guy's going to be. When he wasn't coming back to wrestling, I didn't think it. But Man. now that he did, He's going to be back there. So for Ken Anderson to never even taste it, mm-hmm. and this is 11 years ago, and I don't know when he was done with because I think he was done with Impact before. Like uh, 15, maybe maybe right, the most, yeah. like 2015 the most. So but, what the hell has he done for the last seven years? Park well, trucks? He's been conning people out of a, out of their checks for wrestling school, so that was allegedly. Oh, so that's another story for another day. But those who can do, those who can't. Yeah. So in this uh, particular episode, Reflectionized, Ken Anderson is pissed that he has not gotten his uh, rematch. He hasn't been honored his rematch clause for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. So the obstacles, TW, is another ex-WWE star, ECW alumnus, Rob Van Dam, and of course, you know, of course, you got the RVD. I got this today. Today, wow. It's my very first RVD figure. Jesus Christ. Do you got room? 
<laughs> yeah, he's going right up here. Oh, okay. I'm just making sure. But he he has a quarrel with Rob Van Dam, <laughs> TW. So, of course, they're going to go back and forth. And lo and behold, Immortal comes out, and Eric Bischoff pulls corporate ministry. You call him the corporate – you call him whatever you want. You can call him the corporation, whatever. But Eric Bischoff pulls the wool out of Ken Anderson again. He is not going to get the, you know, the rematch that he's been so longing for. But they have changed it to a triple threat, and we'll talk about this later in the, in the show, between himself, Rob Van Dam, and, of course, Kurt Angle. Now, within this episode, TW, let's talk about another thing that I <clears> – <throat> me that I noticed, and this is where the Vince Russo entertainment aspect comes in. So we got to talk about Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. Oh. So this is basically a Vince Russo – you know, written uh, storyline here. Now, Scott Steiner's job is to get this young guy over, and he had this little segment, Reflection Nights, with the freak Rob Terry. Now, before Rob Terry joined Immortal TW, he was part of a group called the British Invasion with himself, Magnus, or Nick Aldis, the NWA Heavyweight Champion, and Doug Williams. And I love that group. I love that 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 British They were the group. closest to reenacting the British Bulldogs of any attempt ever. That's like, a good comparison. Or, yeah. or for today's purposes, they were Imperium for all the Reflectionites who don't watch in but with watch. Charisma. Yes, I'll go with that. Yes. British Invasion had more charisma than Imperium ever did. Yeah. So yeah. TW, let, let's just talk about this this Vince Russo-esque segment here. Scott Steiner and Rob Terry. And Rob Terry challenges Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner to a pose-off. Wow, it seems so original, but I remember Scott Steiner doing a pose-off against, hmm, Reflection Nights, Triple H in 2003 when Scott Steiner was in the WWE and he were holding a Scott That is an ugly face. They did not do him justice. But neither here nor there. Oh, that's Hasbro for you, uh, Reflection Nights. But, T.W., what say you about this Vince Russo-esque storyline or segment with the pose down that turned into, you know, Rob Terry trying to, you know, for for the wrestling masses to, you know, acknowledge him, if you will. Not Roman Reigns acknowledge him, but at least know that Rob Terry is a threat, is a force to be reckoned with. Did, did First he, of all. Did the segment do its job in your humble opinion? Side note. Last night, Cody Rhodes was the most over guy in that building, but the biggest pop of the night was when Roman Reigns said, Detroit, acknowledge me, and that place blew up. That was after it went off the air. But anyways, mm -hmm. when I first saw that they were doing a pose-off, for one, I looked at Rob Terry and went, wow, he doesn't. He actually looked pretty good to me. He, I just remember him being freakish, like muscle on muscle, like could barely move. He actually looked like just... A, a good built guy who had mobility. I thought of him as a guy with no mobility because it was abs on laps, you know, just whatever. Mm -hmm. But when I heard pose down, I thought that's that's horrible. And then when they go to do it, Scott Steiner comes on the suit, and you're like, what? It's just dumb. And it was it was almost like they wrote the pose down. Like Scott Steiner doesn't look good in any aspect of this. So. In one regard, yeah, he made Rob Terry look better because Rob Terry got the jump on everything about it. Rob's out there looking like a million bucks while Scott's in the suit. He attacks and beats the shit out of him with all the, It was just an excuse to have a dumbbell in the ring to hit Scott Steiner with it to me. 
when it was mm-hmm. all said and done. So I don't think the you know the funny works, You know the funny I thing it did what it was supposed to do. You know the funny thing with Scott Steiner in that suit? He was wearing his main main event mafia suit from 2008-2009. So it was kind of funny to see the the main event mafia suit on Scott Steiner. It was like, Scott, couldn't you at least wore like, you know, some blue jeans and some, you know, and, and one of those tracksuit, uh, Tony Soprano. Yeah. No, you can't do a tracksuit, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> but that's what I'm just saying. You can't that's what you can't wear no, no, but but for I'm gonna stick with the subject here. Scott Steiner should not be wearing main event mafia gimmick gear from two years ago, which means nothing. He should be wearing like tie dye t shirts and blue jeans, so at least you can see the guns and give like a like like a like a teaser, if you will. But I but I think the whole purpose of him being in a suit was to say the pose down was beneath him. Is what it I know. Was. I get you. I get you. And. This is after the Triple H Scott Steiner pose down, right? Of course. Yeah, that was so 2003. It was probably another way to say, fuck that, that wasn't my idea, that was Triple H's. You know what I mean? The whole mm-hmm. deal was it was beneath him, was his angle. You think I was going to come out here in a Speedo and oil myself up? Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It was a okay. shot at Triple H. I, I give you that. I give you that. So you talking about this a little bit earlier. Now we can get into it a little bit more in depth. There was a segment here, Reflectionites, between the Dudley Boys or in T- or in Impact Wrestling, Team 3D between Brother Devon and Bully Ray. But he wasn't Bully Ray just yet. This is the incarnation, TW, if you will. He's becoming Bully Ray. He was Brother Ray until all this stuff. I see the WWE logo. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to shill for them right now. We're talking about the <laughs> talking about Impact Wrestling here. But this was the deterioration of Team 3D TW because uh, Bully Ray uh, took out Devon's two kids, his two sons, on a previous pay-per-view. So that's where the storyline is driven. But we're talking about Bully Ray here, TW, because, you know, when I saw the maturation of the Bully Ray character, and I saw this for years, I, this is where it started, you could say, and I saw it growing in 2012, 2013. You talk about aces and eights a little bit. Bully Ray is an underrated heel character that doesn't get a lot of credit. I'm not saying he's one of the greatest teen heavyweight champions of all time. And don't get me wrong, Reflectionites. He's not in the conversation, but I understand. But, but it's an underrated character that I don't think gets enough praise. Just enough. You know, people say that when, when the Dudley Boys came back to the WWE in, like, what, 2016 or whatever, when they did that program... A lot of people, there was there was a little bit of rumblings that they wanted to at least see the Bully Ray character on Monday Night Raw, but Vince McMahon put the kibosh on that. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to associate that TNA character. But, of course, we, you and I know that rule. If Vince McMahon did not create the character, he's not going to give – he's not going to endorse it. He's not going to support it. That's a funny one right now. So <laughs> he is actually breaking all the rules right now. So let's see if that that mantra actually exists. But that's been the that's been the tradition, TW. You know this. AJ. AJ. Well, AJ has been a little bit there's little WWE quirks here, but again, we'll that's another debate for another time. But what say you about the bully ray character? This is the maturation. This is the starting point. And from what you remember or what you know of Bully Ray right now, what say you about this character? Because I think, again, it's untapped. That, that I'm going to be all over the place with this. Go ahead. I know and, you and I have, And I have to. This is to show that I'm the objective one. I am not a fan of the human being, Bubba Dudley, right? Of and 
my buddy Jeff Cavanaugh, who's an agent for Impact, always tells me, I don't get it. You two would get along great. That dude's in the hair metal. He's a wanker, just like you. He loves all the hair metal and rock band shit that you like. I'm like, yeah, but he's still not an, he's an asshole. He's not a nice guy. I always thought the Dudley boys were the nasty boys of the modern era who fucking hurt people. That's, that's where I had the problem with them. But mm -hmm. there's that's never a been a microphone that, no, no, no. I, and, and I, more Bubba than, than D. I like Devon probably more than I like Bubba all along. However, mm -hmm. There's never been a microphone that that dude didn't like. Uh, he's very opinionated, very this, that, and the other thing. However, it's it's actually grown on me because sometimes he is pretty uh, spot on, like with his with his rumblings. Like it doesn't come off like he's trying to get a job at AEW or trying to get a job at WWE because he mm -hmm. criticizes both and he praises both. So I I appreciate that. But I feel like he does a lot more criticizing than than praising, right? Uh, or sit, armchair quarterbacking, if you will. So that's where I'm at now with him. But Ever since you and I did that ECW show with the mm -hmm. Dudleys before Bubba Ray, or before Devon, but it was right. 97 of those son of bitches. When I saw Bubba Ray looking like Typhoon or Earthquake stunt double, and I was like, what the? Like, I'd never seen him like that. Mm -hmm. I was one of those guys who never appreciated Bubba. But now that I've seen him in that ECW match, where he was really nothing. He wasn't even a main Dudley, right? He mm -hmm. was, no, he wasn't. He was, he was a sideshow. He was a he side was attraction. Guy, he was the guy in the match, but he wasn't even the main Dudley. That dude is leaps and bounds, probably the most improved wrestler I've ever seen in my life from his start to his end. You know, and mm -hmm. he's not done yet, but you know what I mean? And 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 the one thing, and it started here with when you said he's about to become Bully Ray. It starts here. He is basically becoming the Shawn Michaels of the Dudley Boys and relevating mm -hmm. Devon to the Marty Jannetty status. And it was just to the moon from there because he never looked back. Other than the reunion tour with Bubba and Devon mm -hmm. and WWE, which even I appreciated. I, I thought it was awesome, right? And and they said it was always a one-year thing. It was like the Ric Flair retirement fucking tour before putting it in the Hall of Fame. They are in the Hall of Fame, right? Dudley Boys, yeah. Yeah, so that's what it was, and I think they wanted to stick around, but it just didn't work out. Whatever, uh, mm -hmm. or maybe Devon was done because he is. Well, Devon's a agent. producer. Yeah, he's an agent, and they just didn't want Bubba Ray as Bully Ray. And I think in WWE, sadly, still, I think Bully Ray would excel in AEW because mm -hmm. he's basically a better Eddie Kingston. Um, and so, and the transformation of his body from even as a Dudley boy when they oh, were the only two left with Spike mm -hmm. to, to, to what he looked like in Impact. Uh, I just don't think he was ever, like, he might have been IC champ or U.S. champ, but that's it. I think that was his ceiling because he's not a very big guy. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. the fact that Finn Balor won the Universal title first is very Rey Mysterio-esque. You get your ass beat like you're Ricky Morton, and then you come out with the win. You you can't do that with him. Or or it's the evolution of wrestling where the smaller guys can be. That's that's what you have to Absolutely. accept right now. So I know Bret Hart beat Undertaker. Bret Hart beat Sid. Bret Hart mm -hmm. beat Diesel. Absolutely, but they're even smaller than that. Is my point. And mm -hmm. like like even Cody Rhodes coming there, and you see guys like Omos, you're like, as long as guys like that exist, they're going to be in the WWE, and so they just break their bodies. Like there's mm -hmm. like three or four of them dudes right now. There's that guy with Apollo Crews. Yeah. Um, there's Commander guy, Aziz. Yes, I know. 
There's another guy that's with somebody else. I can't think of who he is. And, and it's not beer. It, that beer guy is another one. But there's another guy that's like that, Aziz. And then you got almost, and it's like. Oh, Shangi. Yeah. Yeah, like, with Jindamal. Well, I know. I get yeah, you. I, they're, 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 yeah. So as long as there's guys like that, good luck. Because, you know, how do you, unless, but then again, I was proven wrong at WrestleMania because I thought, oh, this is the beginning of the end of Bobby Lashley, right? He's mm-hmm. he's going to be the George Wells to Jake the Snake at WrestleMania. But he wasn't. He won. And I was like, wow. Like, it, mm-hmm. I was impressed because I'm not one of those guys that thinks if almost loses his, his whole uh, career is over. Is yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and they, Re- and they wrestling. Up with Wrestling is a marathon reflection night's not a sprint. Not a sprint, yeah. And, and Bubba Ray Bubba Ray or Bully Ray is a perfect example of absorbing the business, learning from in the business. Because again, from ECW, he learned from Paul Heyman. He 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 said that he learned a lot of stuff behind the scenes. He learned a lot of booking. He learned a lot of he learned a lot from Paul Heyman in a lot of sense. And with the Bully Ray character, he just he embraced trying to be that singles guy. And like you said, he's tr- he embraced trying to be the Shawn Michaels. He had to break away. He had to get away from the Dudley boy shtick. And he did that masterfully. I, I'm, I'm not, again, whether I, I agree with you in the sense, like in, if that bully Ray character was introduced the first time in WWE, that's the problem. They'd never introduced a bully Ray character. They just let him be Bubba Ray what was that 2004 when they split up the Dudley boys for no apparent reason with the brand split they just let him be Bubba Ray it just doesn't fit it looked like he was just missing his tag team but at least here in TNA wrestling I I guess Vince Russo or or Bubba Ray was smart enough to say I can't be Bubba Ray in TNA wrestling because no one will accept me as that even if he was a bad guy as long as you say I'm brother Ray it wasn't going to work so Bully Ray was you know lightning in the bottle for him and it worked for many years in tna impact wrestling so tw another war that i that i forgot to mention here is again i talked about immortals hostile takeover impact wrestling and i said who is gonna you know lift the banner for impact wrestling well there was a there was four guys in general that were lifting that banner waving that banner for impact wrestling and that was the group fortune which was comprised of AJ Styles, Beer Money, and Christopher Daniels, TW. And, no, well, Christopher Daniels was an alternate, but it was Frankie Kazarian and Beer Money and AJ Styles. So, TW, again, you know, people would say Fortune is full horsemen. Like, again, storyline-wise, Ric Flair was managing, quote-unquote, managing Fortune. He was giving the rub for these... What kind of get, these faces really suck? I like the AJ one, but I don't. I don't like the uh, Ric Flair one. That is, that's a sex doll, TW. That's Why a you care? That's a that's a sex doll. But anyway, neither here nor there. But TW, again, we understand. You know the legend of Ric Flair trying to give the rub to these these young guys who just need a jump start. Who to need, who needs to get to the next level? And AJ Styles is a perfect example here, TW, because. You know, the, the funny thing, T.W., and you're holding the demon. You you keep distracting me by show, holding up these things. I'm trying to do a show for the Reflectionites. Remember, we got a popping people here. You know, some people don't see the YouTubes. They, they hear the popping. But anyway, neither here nor there. But T.W., I'm trying to ask you this question. And you got the dead man undertaker. But anyway, T.W., uh, Fortune, 
AJ Styles, I want to focus on that because, you know, there was a confrontation between AJ Styles and Ric Flair here. And I remember in Impact Wrestling or TNA, whatever you want to call it, TW, I know you didn't watch it, but AJ Styles was a lackey for Christian Cage. AJ Styles was a lackey to Kurt Angle. AJ Styles was a protege to Ric Flair. But a lot of people, a, a lot of the IWC, YWC was like, why don't you give AJ Styles the mantle? Why don't you just give him the torch and let him run with, you know, run with the bulls, if you, you know, so to speak. He had to leave Impact Wrestling to go to New Japan. He had to leave that th those negative shortcomings that Impact Wrestling bestowed on AJ Styles. He had to gamble on himself, and he did that. He went to New Japan, Bullet Club, WWE, and now, again, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. What say you about AJ Styles? They dropped the ball on him so many times, but... In hindsight, he did have running. He had runs with legends. What say you, T.W.? You keep holding up. What is this? So, well, yeah, I knew. Stop okay, it. Once, Stop once it. these came in the mail, I was like, man, I'm going to show these guys all night. So, I did not like A.J. Styles. A.J. Styles, to me, always felt like a runt. Um, <laughs> so, when they were pushing him, I think it was with Kurt Angle was when he won the world title, right? When it was He won the world title many times before that, but right. he was always a lackey for a lot of other people. But, basically, AJ Styles was the guy who blazed the trail for this guy. Because he basically did the same thing, leaving WWE, going to Impact, going to Ring of Honor, going to New Japan and doing all that. AJ did it first, and it's funny because AJ Styles, I did not, I did not enjoy him on any any part of Impact that I ever like him, right? And from the moment that dude debuted at the Royal Rumble with his X Pac looking hair and beard, without mm -hmm. the perm, I have been a fan of his ever since. I I still think he's the best guy in the business right now. Uh, seen him last night in a weird ass match, but it was good until the ending. Uh, he still, but that guy, much like Johnny Gargano is saying it now, that guy bet on himself, and it worked out. And and now he's, I mean, he's, I don't know what number he was, but there's a poster you can buy. He's a Grand Slam guy in WWE, a, a place that has 107 titles, but they still call the Grand Slam the world, the tag mm -hmm. team, the Intercontinental, and the U.S., and at one point European which, you know, Shawn Michaels was the first Grand Slam. So that mm -hmm. guy bet on himself, and I think the best thing he did, even though I freaking hate it, the best thing he did was grow his hair out, get a beard, so he looked more like a man than a high school quarterback. Because that's really what he always looked like in AEW, was like a high school like a quarterback. Yeah, he looked like a punk who, kid. Who couldn't even go to college to be a quarterback, because he just wasn't big enough. And he looked like he, the kid. He looked like the kid here in the segment with Ric Flair. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's like you, it's hard to take it serious when you see him like that talking smack to Ric Flair. You know, it, it feels like the boys against the men. And but when you see him in, in WWE today and for the last and that's that's the thing when I when we start recording, like, man, 11 years doesn't feel like that long ago. But another guy we really didn't talk about. But when when they were doing the posing thing, when they first showed Scott Steiner talking about it, he was putting over the beer for James Storm. Mm -hmm. Eric Young was behind him flexing, going, I love these pose-offs. And it's like, look at Eric Young there, and look at him now, and look at what he was in NXT, which was five years ago. So, like, it's it's amazing the five years between this show that we're doing and AJ, 
And then five years later, AJ, mm -hmm. and also Eric Young, then five years ago and now, like these guys just really grew up, you know, and, and, they, and they became like, that's one thing that I think that makes impact even better for me now. I didn't hate it back then. Again, my reasons were the ring, and and then when they, it, it just feels like whenever Bischoff and Russo are part of something, it's just doomed because their their motivation is to up up undo the WWE instead of just put on a better show. That's all you really have to do. And mm -hmm. so, if you look back at Impact now, it is star studded. Like it, you didn't know it when you were watching it. But when you look back at it now, like that whole show, just name some. There's only one guy I need to ask you, who the fuck is that guy? And the other guy I got to ask you, whatever happened to that guy? Because we already talked about him. There's a guy that, Rob Terry, how how has he never been in WWE? He can't wrestle. Like, he sucked. I know. Yeah. What, it's almost winning the five-star Meltzer Award? No. No, but he – Almost wrestles like AJ Styles in comparison to Rob Terry. That's how bad Rob Terry wrestled in Impact Wrestling. The other, the other guy is one of the corporate ministry guys, Gunner's partner, Murphy. Who the hell is that guy? Oh, I don't, I don't remember who Murphy was, but yeah, Jackson who was Gunner's Riker. first partner? Because Gunner's Him. first partner. No, it wasn't. When they first came out, they both had long hair, and it wasn't a tall guy. They looked similar. They, no, was that was his first partner. That was his first partner. So he just shaved his beard and cut his they hair. Were, they were thumb. security. They were impact security yeah, first. Yeah. Then they jumped oh, into the immortal thing. So, yeah. He just uh, Now he's just unloading trucks somewhere, eh? Jackson Riker or Murphy? No, Murphy. I have no idea. You yeah, got to find I just, you find. He didn't even look K familiar to me. He didn't even uh, look familiar to me. Yeah, but anyway, you know. AJ Styles, to me... Uh, again, I think I can go back and watch him now, and I will appreciate it. I'll get past all that other stuff because I knew what he went on to become. But he just always came across to me. The everything in the ring is never an issue reflection. Ever, this is ever. not a this is, But the ever. stigma of AJ Styles in Impact Wrestling, again, I have the receipts. He was a lackey for Cage. He was a, a lackey for Angle. He was a lackey for, you know, Ric Flair. He's a lackey in a, in a sense. But he was at that time in 2011, T.W., he was one, two. He was a four. He, no, 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 no. He was a four-time heavyweight champion during. The, by that time, he was with, oh, wow. against Ric Flair, but oh, no, wow. he never got the torch, even if he had the heavyweight title. So nobody, Dixie didn't take him seriously. Dixie did. You know, Dixie can can depend on AJ for giving you that five-star Meltzer match, but he she couldn't depend on AJ Styles to. You know, for global expansion, for brand awareness, he, she had to go what to Hogan. What was that other belt that the main event mafia made? I think Booker had it first. The Legends title. And, and, they got and that, they would end up making that the main event instead of AJ, right? No, I mean, that, that title turned into the TV title, the Legends title. And it, it, it got very, it, got, it had so many variations, I lost track of it. That's how bad it was. But anyway, you know, the but, AJ thing. What about? But I, I, I. What you're saying wouldn't be AJ's fault. It would be the booking fault. Like, they yeah. booked him as a lackey, you know. So, yeah, no one ever gave him the chance. And he saw that and left. But, and I hate using this word. I hate it. But he personally came off as a privileged guy. Like, he's there because he's that blue chip, white, you know, short hair, high school athlete. You know what I mean? Like, here, mm -hmm. take it. It's yours. You deserve it. You know, even though he never did anything to get it. That's that's how he came across to me. Like if he didn't look like he did, he wouldn't have a job kind of thing. Whereas you okay. had other guys like 
Kazarian and it's Kazarian looked like uh, Matt, not Matt Damon, uh, the guy for the Oakland, no, the Oakland Athletics, and then when he went to uh, Johnny Damon, oh, he okay. went to the New York Yankees and had to shave. Mm-hmm. Every time I saw Kazarian, I thought Johnny Damon, and he shaved Johnny Damon is a Yankee. But anyways, those guys like I've, I've talked about it before. Christopher Daniel shouldn't even be still around now because of where he started. He started with Windy City, where that guy held everybody back that started mm-hmm. with him, and he broke away from it. There should be a freaking WWE documentary on Christopher Daniels just breaking free of Evil Vince and Windy City Wrestling because I'm telling you, that's back when I started, and if you wrestled for Evil Vince, you didn't wrestle for nobody else, and especially mm-hmm. if he trained you. You, you okay. didn't get paid. You did his shows where this dude's making thousands of dollars doing charity shows that are, mm-hmm. that are called, they're called guaranteed shows. Right. Uh, paid shows. And he's he's holding people back. Christopher Daniels, he got out. And then the other guy, we talked about before, Kevin Quinn or something like that was his partner's name. I don't know whatever happened to him, but he was like an uh, like mix between Asian and white. Uh, just but he he looked Asian, but he was not. I have no you idea know, who you talking about. He, right looked, he had the same build as Cody, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> All those guys had the same build and the same gear. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, so that's my thing with AJ. It was it was his look that I couldn't get past, and maybe that was the same way for Dixie or whoever was in charge of it. But I think I think Jarrett was doing the booking, right? Like the actual. I don't know. I don't know the. Spots. I don't know the booking uh, committee, but at that time, Russo had the books, but then he lost the power because of Bischoff and Hogan. So I think Bischoff was more hands on with the booking part. Dixie also contributed to the booking too so i don't remember the the booking committee so yeah i'm not I, you might Dixie be frozen but booked she put it she had input was she a wrestling person before she bought the company no she was she, she didn't book it totally but she had booking uh input if you will but that's why vince russo actually let you know was in impact so long because the the i don't know if it was the rumor but he latched on to Dixie, and that was her. That was her voice. That was the voice of reason. So whatever Vince said goes because he could go to Dixie, and then whether you know he says one thing and then told the boys another thing. That's another. That's again, allegedly. I'm not saying it. Speculatory here for Thursday nights. I'm not trying to. You're you know, saying he was putting it to her. I'm not besmirching Vince Russo in any way, shape, or form. I'm no, just going he was by, putting it to her. Yeah, you're besmirching her marriage is what you'd be besmirching. Neither here nor there. But anyway, <laughs> let, let, let's go into something again that that Impact Wrestling did well in 2011 more better than WWE did, and you can't deny this TW. And that is the women's division, and we we can at least highlight the Impact Knockouts champion Madison Rain. She breaks away from the beautiful people of Angelina Love and. Uh, the Velvet Sky, and that was a great trio of, of girls, you know, when they were doing their thing with the beautiful people as a heelish group. But now she's the queen bee. Wait, How let me just, can you let forget me... Lacey Von Eric? That sucked. I don't care what you said. That that was horrible. That was I, I hit it. That was that was an ins- well, I'll hit it, but that didn't make the beautiful. <laughs> pe- that didn't make the beautiful people any better than the original. You can't. You can't. You can't. Carrie Stoner, sequels. damn it. The sequel d- sucked. It was the original that I liked. But anyway. Queen B Madison Rain is doing her own John Cena U.S. Open Challenge, but she's doing a Knockouts Open Challenge, and of course ODB, one of the you know originals, comes Pioneers. out. 
the pioneers of, of women of impact women's wrestling. And of course, this is this is not a squash match because ODB was on this pay per appearance. So you could tell from from this match, TW, that she was not going to be there long term. She was just there to get Madison Rain over. I just wanted to acknowledge Madison Ray. She doesn't get a lot of credit in, in women's. She's she's another one from where she started. It's very Mickey James ish. She was mm-hmm. she came in when the beautiful people already existed as like mm-hmm. fangirl and then became not only one of them, but almost the leader at one point and then mm-hmm. broke free. Yeah, that's so why she, she 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 got an opportunity and she shone, she shone from it. She 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 took it and and the diamond in the rough, much like Mickey James did. And she won the belt from Mickey James, I think. Yeah, she she either or won it from her or de- yeah, defended it from her. But TW, I just wanted to acknowledge that they were doing women's storylines, whether it's WWE light, neither here nor there. But there was a focus. That's what I wanted to say. At least Impact Wrestling focused on their women's division more so than the WWE women's division or the Divas there were division. Twelve women at WrestleMania last weekend. Twelve. Okay. And there were some not even on the show. That that's the problem too. Well, I don't know that twelve women. They were on three matches, but there were still right. twelve of them. Okay. I mean, with the tag team, you know, that tag team match kind of like made it. You know that that twelve came eight of off, off of one match. That's that's not a good thing. But neither here nor there. That's a that's an opinion from a lot of people that you don't focus on the women's wrestling a lot. But TW, that, that I just wanted to acknowledge here that Impact Wrestling again did it better than the WWE. You can't deny it, even for your W even waving that flag of WWE. I I I I, I deny it. I disagree in one aspect because I always in 2011 that they that the WWE point, did it better. I don't remember who was WWE back in 2011. That's I know when the Divas title was around, yeah, because there was like four wrestlers vying for it. Like mm-hmm. it was Kelly Kelly, Eve and maybe Beth Trish Phoenix. For Beth Phoenix and that was it. So mm-hmm. yeah, then. But my my question is, what what is your criteria for doing it better? Because like I just said, yeah, it was three matches. Because I, I I after the first day, I'm like, why the hell did they have both women's titles defended on the same night? Like it should have been opposite nights. And I was like, oh, because there's a fucking eight women tag match on the other one, so there would have been ten on one show and two on the other. So they had to do it to make four and eight. But mm-hmm. there are more women in WWE now just on SmackDown Raw without even counting NXT versus what are there, six women, seven women on AEW that actually wrestle. There's girls that stand there with the girls that wrestle, but, and then they're bringing more in. But at the end of the day, what is your criteria for saying it's better that they have better matches? Cause I will always argue the WWE women look better. Always. Like Again, you're, 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 conf- you're conflating. Now I'm talking about 2011. No, no, for Impact sure. Wrestling did the it better. The fact that better. I didn't know who was around in 2011. Right, that, that's, one problem, that, that's one thing. And two, Impact Wrestling focused on the women's storylines. Madison Rain had her own storyline. Velvet Sky had a storyline within this show that she's putting that her career. That was Vince Russo all day because the chick basically hit on her, uh, Katie Lee. Either way, at least the women were more focused, and that's why a lot of people gravitated to, towards Impact Wrestling because, again, I get. I like puppies. There's just like Jerry Lawler likes puppies, but it gets to be tiresome. Tw. It, it was like two thirty second matches, and again, Gail. Well, this is one of those ones that you're talking about. Bite the hand that fed you. Gail Kim will never come back to the WWE in any capacity, and she should be a WWE Hall of Famer. But she has a gripe 
a grievance against WWE. Again, we're not going to go. She been there, was she even there long enough to be a WWE Hall of Famer? In ter- in terms, she should be a Hall of Famer, but again, the in way wrestling? she left the company, the way she oh. left the company with that battle royal thing, I don't want to get into that. But again, Impact Wrestling leaps and bounds in 2011 was still way ahead of WWE, and it forced WWE to adapt and uh, Triple H to adapt in the NXT Women's Division. That's where Paige came up. That's where the Four Horse Women came up in 2014 and 2015. Respectively. So now to close out this impact episodic episode, again, we gotta go back to the asshole, Ken Anderson, Rob Van Dam, Mr. Thursday Night, and of course Kurt Angle, who is kind of like uh he's in a quandary TW within the, this time period here. Because in the storyline wise, he has problems with Jeff Jarrett and his new wife, Karen Jarrett, who was Karen Angle, you know, they tried it. This was Vince Russo-esque. They were trying to blur the lines where Kurt Angle divorced Karen. And, of course, now Jeff Jarrett swoops in. And then, of course, they they played it out on TV. I think uh, people thought that, you know, they were blurring the lines of reality. And a lot of people, I think on even social media at that time, was like, is is Kurt Angle going to pop Jarrett one, you know, and take it seriously? But... From all the interviews I've ever heard, they were businesslike. They, they were very professional. They like what's best for business. I'll go with this. And they all three of them made made it work, TW. So what say you about that aspect? I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. Because mm-hmm. I don't I've always been told that Jared, Karen Jarrett, cheated on Kurt Angle with Jeff Jarrett and left him for him. So for I, me, I don't know that I don't know that parameters, but again, they kept yeah, she the professional was, on TV. Right. That's all that matters. That to me, I just give all the credit in the world to Kurt Angle if that's the case. Because now if they were divorced and Jarrett just happened to meet her because he was hanging out with Kurt when they were swapping kids, by all means. But all I know is that's a little forget blurring lines. And Kurt Angle seemed legit like short on words when he would talk, you know, like mm-hmm. whereas when Jeff Jarrett was like just gloating in it, like, yeah, I took your pride. Now I'm going to take your pride. And I just thought, ouch, like that's, that to me was, uh, you know, like, you know, real life version WWE is Mark Merrow. Sable mm-hmm. left him for Brock Lesnar still with him to this day, much like Karen and Jeff Jarrett. So sometimes, but they, did, but they didn't do an angle that, they didn't no. do an angle on TV. The only right. closest one was Matt Hardy, Edge, and Lita. That was the only closest thing of blurring which, that line. Which God bless Matt Hardy for that one too, because that's that's. But it's different when it's an actual wife. Remember, remember, I I, I do my Macho Man impersonation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brother, I brought my wife into an angle. She's not my wife anymore. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what he said, and that's the kind of stuff where you're like, that's 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 too close to home for me. But that I mean, I guess at the end of the day. That shows you Kurt Angle didn't give a fuck. Like, fuck it. I don't want to be with you. You know, go ahead and be with him. But I, I just, I didn't like it. I thought it was tacky. Uh, but God bless them all for pulling it off because I, I, I feel like that was a long storyline. That wasn't like a couple weeks. It well, was, during during this show, there was a lot of TV time for Karen Jarrett and Jeff Jarrett because of the impending renewing of the vowels that was going to happen on the next episode of Impact Wrestling. They were doing all these vignettes. Again, Russo-esque. You can tell that's booking right there. That's why I keep calling it WWE Light TW. So 
within this match of the triple threat, it didn't mean, you know, the winner of the triple threat was not going to become the new number one contender. They actually was just booking this triple threat to, you know, accentuate the Karen Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, and Kurt Angle storyline for next week because the Jarretts distracted Kurt Angle, meaning that Ken Anderson, that asshole, gets the victory and then they close out the, the Impact Wrestling episode. But there was a twist. They were doing these vignettes of somebody making a re- reemergence who would turn out to be Sting. But they were doing the Undertaker thing from t- 2011 WrestleMania. So that's when I wanted to end this episode. But I get you. 3311. That's that was the uh the date of Sting's return, but neither here nor there. But TW, you you're not a fan of trying to blur that lines of, of reality for wrestling purposes. So what let me ask you this as the wrestler. I'll give you this scenario. You let's say you had one of those uh valets in border border city wrestling. You was going out with her for about a year, didn't work out, and let's say you're a Los Rudos guy. Dated her. That happened to Los Rudos. It yeah. did. Oh, okay. So let's 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 talk about that. You don't have to get personal, but how she would you have made valet. it work? Oh, okay. She wasn't a valet. She was his girlfriend. Okay. She came to all the shows. Mm-hmm. She was one of those girlfriends that nobody liked because she just integrated herself into the the circle. Okay. Um, not my circle because we weren't Los Rudos anymore. Um, my ex girlfriend, my ex wife, they knew my wrestling friends, but they weren't part of it you know mm-hmm. what i mean i kept her out of it uh and then one day rico um and young her name is lived together and then i don't know what happened but he kind of got a tip off or he had a feeling him and dyson price were best buddies side note rico and i went to high school together i went to canaan wrestling school on a thursday or tuesday mm-hmm. and then brought him with me on a thursday and basically our careers were together from that point on dyson price his mom and my mom went to high school together, and when he he was a year or two younger than me, I think, when he turned 18 or 19, his mom reached out to my mom and asked how he could get in the wrestling business. I introduced him to Scott Demore, got him trained. Scott used him all the time. Scott used Scotty. Scotty was a big dude. He actually looked like – I always told him when we were kids, he looked like Hulk Hogan as a child, you know, like mm-hmm. baby face, but just like him. He was a big dude. Um Got got kind of a good career going. Uh, Rico drove to his house, and his girlfriend was there with him. And other times he would come to Rico's apartment when he was at work. And it, it basically split the locker rooms. You know, obviously it wasn't the same locker room every time. It's indies. Mm-hmm. But half the people sided with him. Half the people sided with uh, Dyson. Um, I'm stuck in the middle, and I had to tell Rico. I'm like, look, man. I go, I don't like it at all. I said, and you know me, I'm a forever an optimist. I go, at the end of the day, I go, they both did you a favor. Because that's a double betrayal. That's Edge and Lita. Mm-hmm. Because Edge is also Matt Hardy's friend, not just Lita's. And so Rico's getting stabbed in the back and the front by his girlfriend and his best buddy. Because they were best buddies at that point. They were working they out never, together. But they never played that out in, in an Indian They angle, never so they coexisted be- again. Okay. And we wrestled up in Flint at the IMA Arena, which is probably the biggest arena I ever was wrestled in, not counting wheeling the Undertaker out of Joe Louis Arena. This is I actually wrestled in this place, and mm-hmm. it was a huge hockey rink. And when I got back, they fist fought right in the hallway by the catering table, and you know I just I just I just put my head down. Other people broke it up because 
What do I do? I've known this dude since I'm fucking five years old. I've known this dude for the last 20 years. So, you know, I didn't want to pick a side. And at the end of the day, I would have picked Rico because mm -hmm. Rico was my friend. This dude was almost like a cousin to me with, you know, how you have your mom's best friend call your kids cousins, even though they're not related. Um, they never became friends again. And <clears throat> God, you got to get me choking up. Uh, Dyson passed away about two, three years ago, heart attack oh. while he was sleeping. And God bless. I told Rico and credit to Rico. He didn't care, but he didn't gloat. You know, he didn't mm -hmm. say good. I was expecting a good. He went, oh, man, that sucks. And that was it. Mm -hmm. But Rico has since married, has two beautiful daughters. And I tell him all the time, whenever we get together, if it comes up, I'm like, I told you he did you a favor then. There you go. Because they wouldn't exist if that wouldn't have happened. And so right. there's there's no way for me that I could then go on TV if I'm Rico and do a program with Dyson. They couldn't even stand a sight of each other. So you, you, know? you, you knew that, that they couldn't do what Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett did. And, and that's my point. Like, if it was the other way around, like Macho Man and Elizabeth are together in real life and they're doing a storyline where Ric Flair is acting like he used to be with her, that's different because Elizabeth was a character. It unfortunately led mm -hmm. to their divorce, not because Ric Flair did hook up with her, just because mm -hmm. that was her last straw. But that's right. a breakdown of communication. If she didn't want to do it, she shouldn't have done it, right? But to do it and feel stupid afterwards, well, you could have said no. That's different. I could do that if I mm -hmm. was with somebody that was in the business. But like I was telling people last night, it's almost a kiss of death to be with anybody in the business because, you know, I was telling the guys last night when Selena Vega came out, I go, you want to hear something fun? They're like, what? I go, that shit got released, but her husband didn't. I go, and then all of a sudden her husband gets pulled up to, Monday, or to the main level and they re-sign her. And about a month later, they fucking cut him. I go, so her husband's on AEW and she's in WWE after bringing her back. I go, and then the one in there with her there, or the one on the TV, they showed a vignette. I go, that's mm -hmm. Charlotte Flair. Her dude that she's engaged to got cut, and now he's on AEW and she's here. And I'm like, that's the kind of stuff where you're like, like, I, like, I, I would watch Gargano and Candice and go, man, what a, what a wholesome couple. I hope that never happens to them. You know, that kind of thing. And it's right. like, it's just like the kiss of death. It's because you're together so much. You have, it's almost impossible not to have feelings if you, if you're in that situation. I don't know if you know what's going on with uh, Nash Carter. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to say her name, but what happened was he hooked up with one of the NXT girls and he filed for divorce from his wife. And well, he, they, they said that he was already separated, so it wasn't cheating. So he, no, I know that. But once he did that, that's when she started smearing him and doing all mm -hmm. this stuff because he's like he, – he told her, I'm filing for divorce, and then the, I'm, I'm still – I'm upset, and, and I hate this guilty until proven so shit. I haven't seen the whole picture, um, mm -hmm. but the picture I saw, like if you can see me on the screen right here, his mm -hmm. arm is like this, but you can't see his hand. And to me, there's a picture of me in a wrestling program where my hand's out like that, but it's like this. Like I'm stopping them from taking the picture because they're paparazzi. So, A, you don't know where his hand's at, and his mustache looks like little commas. And I, and I, and if we're going to um, insinuate that he was doing it, he was a Hitler, right, doing a Hitler right? pick. Then for, we also have to consider how many times, like I've never shaved my mustache like that, but I'm the kind of guy that if I was shaving it off, because I do shave it off quite often, 
Mm-hmm. If I did it as a joke and went, hey, you know, like, and if someone took a picture, I'd be like, hey, motherfucker, don't take no, I'm joking around. Like, don't, that could ruin me. It, it could have been that. Like, but his mm-hmm. mustache to me looks so stupid. It like two little commas. And so, like right. I said, he almost looks like he's like, don't fucking take a picture of this. So to, to, to cut him like that, I hope they give him his job back. I hope, we talked about it two weeks ago, I think. I hope Velveteen Dream gets another chance because, you know, I'm not saying don't believe women because, trust me, there's a there's a douchebag around every corner in the wrestling mm-hmm. business, it, some of them right in the middle of the room. So I get that. But but this Nash Carter guy, man, I mean, this dude's riding the lightning, him and, and Wes, they're riding the lightning, and then, bam, just like that, we, we all know what happens to Wes. He's next. What are they going to do with him by himself? Team him with Ricochet because they look like brothers? You know, whatever. So, actually, that other guy at Impact looks like Ricochet, uh, the one that didn't come over. Trey Miguel. Miguel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I just I just think that it's too easy with the internet to accuse somebody and make it look legit without any kind of proof or fact just by going on there. And it's like, what the fuck ever happened to due process, man? But, again, mm-hmm. it all goes with it. She's a wrestler in the business. You hooked up with another wrestler in the business. That's why, A, I, would, I don't think I'd ever have a wife to have that storyline because I wouldn't bring her around the business to have it happen. So keep your um, women separate business from the business. Yeah. yeah. That's 1, the lesson reflection ice for, for the magnificent seven, the elite eight learn from TW. He's, he's lived it. He's seen it. And he's trying to tell you something that's gospel. And with that being said, Hey, hey I actually told this story once too. And, it, and this is the kind of shit I'm talking about. The mentality. I'm not going to say their names because on the, the one-off chance that someone listens to this and that knows him or whatever. Abbreviated, because we got to end this show. We got to end it. I, I, I told the story before. I mm-hmm. won the title as a surprise. Remember I mm-hmm. told you I was Missy Hyde's replacement. So I came in, the tag team guy, and I won the title and the heavyweight title. And then a week or two later, we had an autograph signing at a bar. And the guy who I won the titles from's valet was his wife. And mm-hmm. when we were at the autograph signing, she kept massaging me, and then she's rubbing my hair because I had hair still, and she kept calling me champ, and she started implying that her and I should get together because I was champ. Like, she believed that meant something, and I just thought, I'm looking at her going, what the you, fuck? Like, you're getting top dollar. Right? You're getting right? top dollar. And, and I'm looking, and this dude's sitting next to me, and I'm like, are you not watching your girl? Like, that put me in an uncomfortable position. So imagine if that was a full-time job. That would have been happening to me every day. And I but, probably would have gave in because she was hot as hell. He was a cuck. That's all. At the, at the end of the day. Been, that could be stuff because there's other stories, but that could be true. So, and with that right. being said, we end this episodic episode of Impact Wrestling from February of 2011. TW, let's give it a quick grade here for, for this purpose. I We understand where Bishop and Hogan and Russo were going with this. So I'm going to give it a nice, respectable B-. minus. What, what say you, and then we're going to close this out. I was on the fence with giving it an A because it did everything it was supposed to do, but I don't want to uh, smirch the A and just give it out freely. So I'm going to give it a B, not a B minus, not a B plus. It was a B because okay. it wasn't it wasn't everything I liked. I didn't like the Katie Lee, and and uh, I don't like that. Uh, well, you, you notice I did not – you notice I did not talk about the Jersey Shore shit. I didn't care about that, oh, so that yeah, was kind of yeah, stupid. Yeah. That was very stupid. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. with that being a flashback, but then they said it was coming back. But I would give it a B because, again, watching it back, it makes me wish I would have watched it then. 
But maybe mm-hmm. I liked it more because it has the Bobby Roods and the James Storms and the AJ Styles and, and and then the guys who already were stars. And I didn't like that Magnus was a squash match against Crimson. I never was a big guy for Crimson, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and Magnus, I think, was was it. He was the Shawn Michaels of the British Bulldogs. He was he know. was maturing. He he was maturing within the business. So with that being yeah. said, we close this episodic episode. And TW, do me a favor. Can you pick up your Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner uh, uh, action figures for a second? Yes, I can. And the reason I'm, I'm asking you to do that is next week, Reflection Nights, we are going to do a spotlight in commemoration of the Steiner Brothers who have been inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame. We are going to do a tag team spotlight of the Steiner Brothers, TW. So I'm giving you that, that homework assignment. Remember those those Steiner Brothers' greatest matches, whether it was with the Heavenly Bodies, whether it was with the Freebirds, Doom. Yeah, those are good ones. The Road Wars, we will find it here on the PWR Podcast next week as we do a wrestling spotlight on the Steiner Brothers. So, TW, give out those socials so we can get out of here. The Pro Wrestling Coalition Network at PWC Network at Podbean.com. Then you have Big Beto Brand is at BigBetoBrand.Wixsite.com and Patreon.com backslash the Big Beto Brand. Then you got my buddy Stacy and Matt and myself who were at Monday Night Raw with me. Dum Dum Doing an Idiot on YouTube. We haven't done one in a long time, but we picked up one follower, so now we gotta do one. We're gonna do a video soon. And then, of course, our show is at PW Reflection. Um, JB, we didn't mention you, so I'm going to mention you now. So, JB, you can ask him, please come back and do one show a year uh, at the P1JB. Uh, Travis, we mentioned him. You did earlier. So, at Nuts and Volts PW. B-O-E-L-T-Z is the Volts. Nuts and Volts PW. Big Ray, you can't do it without him. Uh, at Big Ray Hernandez. And then you have me. Uh, at Tommy Wonder 19 and at the Tommy Wonder on my Twitters and the line has been blurred because I never know which one I'm signed into and I'm arguing with people every day now on there with both of them uh, and then Snapchat's number Wonder Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder also have a ba- I actually I actually have a Facebook that's Tommy Wonder and another one that is Calavera Cortez which is also another Twitter handle <laughs> okay and that's it cool and you can find me on my Twitter at pwhustleprf that's pwhustleprof and, of course, if this will be on the PWSO YouTube networks, check it out. And follow my brothers in arms, Billy Ray Valentine, Mr. Infinite Fringe himself at ob one You Know Me. And, of course, 8-Track Round, the dirtiest of the city at 8-Track Dastly. And, again, next week, Tag Team Spotlight, the Steiner Brothers. So I'm looking forward to that one. And for that, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful. Tommy Wonder saying good night, and we will see you next time here at the PWR Podcast at the PWS Networks at Bobbeam.com. Peace! Where are my freaks?